This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. 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 I hope that uh, that confession is not just a confession, but I hope that you are sincere in making that confession. And that's going to be so important this morning. It is going to be so important. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 7. Jeremiah chapter 7. I had to get like my pastor and start marking my Bibles, making sure I don't miss these scriptures. Because sometimes, you know, you know where Matthew is, but you get up here and it gets lost. Jeremiah chapter 7. Let's start reading at verse 2. Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, hear the word of the Lord. All ye of Judea that enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Trust ye not in lying words saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. What are these, these lying words? Jeremiah was a prophet sent to the people, and particularly he was sent to the people of Judea. Whenever pastor or any other minister or anyone who is designated are approved to stand before you to deliver a word from the Lord. It is them standing in the gate of the Lord's house, church of the living water. Go, stand in the gate. It says that the gate is that public meeting place, the public meeting place. And whenever someone is standing before you to proclaim the word of God. They are standing in that meeting place. And here it says that they are proclaiming. And proclaim there. Whenever someone who is sent to minister to you. They are standing in a place. A meeting place. A dwelling place. They are standing in the gate. And they are to proclaim the word of God. Which we do here. Sunday after Sunday. Wednesday after Wednesday. This house. Where Jesus is Lord in this place. Now I want you to take that in for a moment. In this gate. Church of the living water. It won't hurt the scripture to say that. Stand in church of the living water. The Lord's house. Well, in this place, Jesus is Lord. And proclaim there this word. What word? Whatever word that God is sending to us. But here he's proclaiming. He says to hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word. Everybody that enters in at these gates to worship the Lord. 
They are delivering. Anyone standing in this place. They are delivering the advice. Listen. This is the word. The word is the advice. The affair. Listen to these words carefully. It's going to be several. The advice. The affair. The answer. The business. The call. The care. The cause. The commandment. The communion. The communication. The concern. And the concerning. The confer. The counsel. The decree. The deed. The judgment. The portion. The power. The promise. The provision. The purpose. The report. The request. The saying. The sentence. The sign. The talk. The task. The thing. The thought. The thus, thus said the Lord, the thus, the tidings, the word, the work of God. All of that. His decrees, his commandments, his counsel, his deeds, his judgments, his portion, his power, his promise, his provision, his purpose, his report, his request, his advice, his affair, his answer, his business, his call, his care, all of that, all of that is what the word is for us. All of that. Listen, when you have been praying about something and you sit here, that is the answer. And you hear your answer. That's the answer. That's God's answer to you. That's God's advice to you. That's God's commandment to you. That is God's decree to you. That's his portion for you. That's his portion for you. That's his sentence. You know, we, we, we're supposed to be uh, in prison. Remember our pastor teaching about We're in prison. That's his sentence for you. That's his sign. That's his talk. That's, that, that is his communication with us. It is of God through Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit to you, to us, to we. That is his word. It is God's expectation that every believer, listen to me closely, it is God's expectation that every believer that enters these doors, these gates, is here to worship him. Worship him meaning to bow down before him. That is his expectation. Now we know we have though every believer, did I say believer? It's God's expectation that every believer that enters these doors is here to worship him, to here to hear from him, here to receive from him, here to conform and fully comply with his word, amend their ways and their doings. It is God's expectation. That is God's expectation that every believer who hears his word will apply and obey his word. That is the expectation. I hear you. This is what we say, some of us. Well, nobody is perfect. 
I'm a work in progress. We love, love, we love to say that. And we are. But we love to hinge on that. I'm a work in progress. That was a good word for my spouse. I hope sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so was tuned in this morning. That was the word that they needed to hear. Mm, I don't know about that. Mm, that sounds good, but do they really do that? Does she or he really expect me to do that? I would love to be able to do that, but it is God's expectation that every believer that enters these doors is here to worship him, to hear from him, to receive, to conform, and fully comply with his word. So that just got rid of all of your, well, I'm not perfect. Well, I'm a work in progress trying to hear from for somebody else that 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 destroys all of that every believer every believer that's the expectation from God turn to proverbs and listen before we do that verse 3 again thus said the lord of hosts the god of israel amend your ways and your doings. And I will cause you to dwell in this place. Dwelling meaning to establish. Listen, listen, and think about I want you to think about everything. Think about us being wall builders. And God says, Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell. I will cause you to establish. I will cause you to abide. I will cause you to settle. I will cause you to remain. I will cause you to rest. I will cause you to set up in this place. That's what dwell means. All of those words. That's what dwell means. Trust ye not in lying words. What are those lying words? What you or someone else who is in your ear is making the word to be. Those are the lying words. The lying words. Whatever you or someone else who is in your ear is causing, is making the word to be other than what it is. Now turn to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. And media team, I haven't forgotten about you with this title. I'm getting there. Proverbs chapter 1. Let's look at verse 28. I'm setting you up. We're going someplace. Just hang with me. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 28. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge. I'm going to say they hated godly knowledge. And did not choose. It's a choice. 
they did not choose to fear the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet, uh, quiet from fear of evil. Remember there is safety. There is security. There is strength and there is sufficiency in godly knowledge. So from Jeremiah looking at Proverbs chapter 1 I want you to think about this and I'm going to say to you that you need to take challengers and challenges seriously take challengers and challenges seriously those who challenge you to do better those who challenge you those who push you to do better. I heard it said this morning, those parents, they challenge you to do better. Take it seriously. When someone gives up and gives a challenge, so we were given several challenges in the messages throughout the year in family life, in Sunday morning service, and in Wednesday Bible study. We were given several challenges. We were asked to go back over our notes and messages from this year. You remember your pastor said that. Go back over your notes and messages from this year. In your prayer time, and I know that God because that's how God is, in your prayer time or your quiet time, the Holy Spirit has brought to your attention and convicted you of certain things. The Spirit has spoken to you To let go of some things, to put away some things, to put on some things, to grab hold of some things throughout this year. No doubt. Why? Because that's how God works. Especially if you've been tuning in. Especially if you've been keeping up with the notes and with with the word that's been going forth with the messages. God has been speaking. Why didn't you take that challenge seriously? Why didn't you follow through on that challenge? Why haven't you followed through on what God has been speaking to you regarding your spiritual gift or gifts that he wants to operate through you? Why haven't you obeyed instructions God has plainly given you and confirmed and affirmed through the teachings. When I was meditating on what I was going to minister, the word complacency kept ringing in my ear. So the title of this message is Leaving Complacency in 2021. Leaving Complacency 
in 2021? That is the answer to all of those questions. Why you didn't take it seriously, those challenges. Why you may have started the challenge and stopped the challenge. Why you haven't answered God when he has clearly spoken to your, your heart, your spirit, on what you should or should not be doing. Why? That's the answer. Complacency. You have gotten comfortable with just doing you. <laughs> You've gotten comfortable with just doing you. You have gotten comfortable with the fact that you are human and no one is perfect. You've gotten comfortable with that. You have gotten comfortable with the statement, the Lord knows my heart. So we can say that when it's something that we should be doing and we don't do it. But God knows my heart. You have gotten comfortable with the statement, at least I'm not doing that. Complacency. Complacency. And before you holler, I'm not complacent. Listen to this message. While complacency is not a good thing, God is attempting to get you out today. <laughs> to finish 2020, 2020, 2021 strong, you must resolve today. To finish 2021 strong, you must resolve today. By the conclusion of this message, that you will not be complacent any longer. For the remainder of this time, and these are my objectives, for the remainder of our time, we will, one, identify complacency in our lives. Two, understand how we got there. Three, identify the danger of complacency. And four, we're going to discuss how to address complacency in our lives. Complacency is not just about settling in your comfort zone. So I said earlier a lot about uh, that you're comfortable doing this and you're comfortable with this statement. You're comfortable with that. But complacency is not just about settling in comfort and in your comfort zone. Complacency is uncritical, uncritical self satisfaction self approval especially when accompanied by un, by an unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies it's an uncritical that means you don't criticize it you don't consider it you don't it's an uncritical self satisfaction it is self-approval, especially when accompanied by an unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies. Complacency means you are operating under your own guidelines for approval. That's being complacent. I'm operating under my own guidelines for approval. Complacency means you are settling for less than what God has planned for you. This is why I'm telling you. This is why I said listen to the message before you come to the conclusion that you are not in complacent, that you're not uh, complacent. Complacency means you are living below God's power 
to work in and through you. Complacency. It means you are not positioned for the work of the ministry. Complacency. It means you are disjointed and in no position to supply to another. Complacency means you are operating under your own guidelines for approval. It means you are settling for less than what God has planned for you. It means you are living below God's power to work in and through you. It means you are not positioned for the work of the ministry. And it means you are disjointed and in no position to supply to another. Turn to Luke chapter 12. We're going to start running from here. Luke chapter 12. Verse 47. Uh, Let's start at verse 45. But and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord, mm, I can't start there. Verse 42. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? Whom his Lord shall make rule, ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season. Blessed is the servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But and if that servant in his heart may Uh, In his heart, my Lord, I'm sorry, but if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens and to eat and drink and be drunken. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him and at an hour when he is not aware and he will cut him in sunder. And will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. This is so interesting to me. In verse 46, it says, The Lord of that servant. This is a servant. The Lord of that servant. You know what? Let's back up. 45. But if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens and to eat and drink and to be drunken, this is simply saying that he's not sober, that he's not watchful, that he's not prepared, and he's not ready. That's what that means. The Lord, verse 46, the Lord of that servant, he's a servant. Listen, he's a servant. The Lord of that servant, he's a believer. 
Look at this. The Lord of that believer, the Lord of that servant, will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in asunder, and will do what? Look what it said. And will appoint him his portion with what? The unbeliever. This is a servant. But he's getting a portion with the unbeliever. Why is that? Why is that? Because he wasn't a faithful and a wise steward. He wasn't a faithful and a wise steward. The servant who knows his master's will. You know the will. You've been taught the will. You get message after message on Sunday, message after message on Wednesday. You can't say you don't know the will. But it says that the servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself did not take that will, did not conform to that will, did not obey that will, he's not prepared. He's not prepared for ministry. He's not prepared to be in a position to supply to another. He's settling for things that God has not intended for him to settle with. You will act on and you will live out the knowledge that you have heard, that you have believed, that you have received, and that you have accepted. You will live out of that knowledge. You will live and you will act on that knowledge that you have heard, believed, received, and accepted. Let's take a retrospective look now to identify some signs of complacency. Remember, I said to listen to this message before you decide and determine that you're not complacent. You've started and you've stopped. You've not finished a challenge. The challenge, the instructions that were given, the challenge that was given, a request that was made you started and you stopped perhaps you never started when you're feeling stuck or stagnant that's a sign of complacency when you're feeling stuck and stagnant that is a sign of complacency when you're avoiding being able, I mean being accountable, when you're avoiding being accountable to other people who you know will hold you accountable, that is a sign of complacency. Comparing yourselves to others who you think are worse than you. You're not addressing the things in your own life, but you're just comparing yourself to others who you think are worse than you. That's a sign of complacency. I'm reminded of the publican who was standing in the temple, him and another man praying. 
And he started to list all of the things, all of the religious things that he does. And I'm so glad that I'm not like him. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This is Paul talking. Looking at verse 12. 2 Corinthians 10 and 12. For we dare not, we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Listen to that. We dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Listen, the only person that you need to be comparing yourself to is God, is Jesus. If you're not meeting that standard, Guess what? Nobody else is, because what they're doing is their standard. Remember I said that everybody lives out the knowledge that they've received, that they've accepted. And so you're kind of trying to compare yourself to someone. You don't know what their standard is. Well, you don't know what they've received. You don't know what they're applying to their lives. But you want to measure yourself against that. Doing that, you will miss heaven altogether. Because you don't know. The only person you need to be measuring yourself to is Jesus. And in that you will see that you will lose every time. You fall short every time. Complacency. Comparing yourselves to others who you think are worse than you. Staying in your comfort zone by doing and living the same routine day after day. Staying in your comfort zone by doing and living the same routine day after day. Now listen, I'm not talking about, you know, it's, it's good to have a routine, you know, thing, especially when you have children, they need some consistency. You know, we get up in the morning, we pray, we do this, we have breakfast, we, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying staying in your comfort zone. You know what? When, when we make, if you find yourself making the same yearly, I'm going to say resolution. You resolve every year. You resolve every year that you're going to do this. Oh, this year it's going to be different. This year I'm going to do that. This year I'm going to pray more. This year I'm going to study more. This year I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But you find yourself every year with that same resolution or resolve that means that you are staying in your comfort zone and you're doing the same thing the same routine day after day and you have not changed it up well that's a sign of what insanity when you think you can do the same thing and get different results you're in a comfort zone complacent you're in a comfort zone 
doing and living the same routine day after day. Not challenging yourself to do something different. Philippians chapter 2. I said not challenging yourself to do something different. If you want, and, no, and I, I, I meet, as you all know, some, uh, some of you know, I, I meet with a, a group of ladies on Monday. And one of the things that we have, you know, we, we've talked about is, you know, is, is, is prayer. Is prayer. I told them, I told them that when God had to get me, and I told them, told them that at, at certain points when I, when I first, when I, when I, first started dealing with with prayer in the morning having to pray in the morning i told them it was it was so hard to struggle sleep you know them that sleep you know we sleep and we slumber i I was missing i thought i was missing my sleep and i hated to get up and i told them that at some point now i'm not saying this to be spooky and, and really it did happen but i'm not saying that that it was god i'm not but in in the middle of my sleep it was like my bed like somebody tapping on my bed and of course, I wake up. Nobody's tapping on my bed, but it wake up, wake up, wake up, and it's like okay, I'm getting up. But I had to challenge myself to do that, so that I could get out of the rut. And see now, now I have no problem because. <laughs> The God, and I told him that God told me. This is, this is why he was working on me like that. Because God told me, only God, because he's sovereign. He told me that when you pray, when you study, it was difficult for me to grasp and, and get revelation of the word when I studied during the day. He says, yours is only coming wee hours in the morning. You know, that hurt my feelings. That hurt my feelings. Like, Lord, you can't talk to me any other time. He says, yours is coming. We hours in the morning. What you going to do? Like, I, I'm not going to change God. But you know, I'm, I was trying to negotiate. Well, I thought about negotiating. I was like, why? What you going to do? He had already told you. He's already spoke. So now you got to challenge yourself. That when he starts knocking, that you're just going to go running. That when he imparts, when he places it on your heart, you're just going to do it. Not challenging yourself to do something different. Philippians chapter 2. Look at Philippians chapter 2. Complacency. We're talking about complacency. And right now we're looking at signs of complacency. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. Wherefore my beloved as ye have always obeyed not as in my presence only but now much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. But you got to work it out. You work out your own salvation, but know that it is God working in you. Salvation working in you to do of his good pleasure, it, to, uh, to work it in you both to will and to do. He's working on your will, and he's working to get you to do. 
That's what that means. For it is God which worketh in you both to will, because he wants you to conform your will to his, and to do of his good pleasure. When this word goes forth, he is trying to get you to do. Remember I said that it's his communion with you, the word. It is his commandment. It is his work that he's trying to get over to you. It, it, it is all, it's all of those. It's his will. It's all of those things. He is trying to get you to a place where you are a worker together with him. A worker together with him. So we need to work out our own salvation. We need to examine the activity, examine the routines in our life, those day-to-day things. If it's not working in the effort to get you to obey the instructions you receive from the Lord, it needs to change. Examine the activity. Examine your routine. If it's not getting you to a place where you are going to obey the word that you hear every Sunday, every Wednesday, if it's not helping you to get to that place, something needs to change. Something needs to change. Another sign of complacency. Making excuses as to why you can't do something. That's a sign of complacency. When you make an excuse... Making an excuse for why you cannot do something. Rejecting change. Another sign of complacency. Rejecting change. That means you are rejecting the word that you've received from the Lord. The word that you've heard. You didn't receive it. The word that you heard from the Lord. You're rejecting it. Because it will bring about change. Is going to cause you to have to change. Because it's uncomfortable. And that's the reason why you reject it. It's because it's uncomfortable. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. And we have several scriptures. So bear with me here. The scripture is good for you. So you want to say. Sister Stinson just said. No I'm showing you in the word. Complacency. Hebrews chapter 10. Look at verse 26. It says, for if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifices for sins. That's plain and simple. Plain and simple. Verse 27. But a certain fearful looking for a judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour... which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be that be thought worthy who hath trotted underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the servant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing. And hath done despite unto the spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again the Lord shall judge his people. 
It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. We need to examine ourselves. That's why we are examining. That's why the Lord is allowing us the opportunity to examine ourselves. He said, here's a sign. Of complacency. We're going to see where complacency leads to other things. But he says, listen, I want you to see. The scripture says that if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth. Truth goes forth. Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday after Wednesday. If we fall into complacency and we decide that we're not going to do those things that he has instructed. That he has guided. Those things are in his deed. Those things are in his promise. If if we do not do those things. We willfully sin. Because I said what? Early I said it's a choice. It's a choice to receive. It's a choice to apply the word. It's a choice. Complacency. The last one. Pursuing good works over seeking God's will. That's complacent. Seeking, pursuing good works over seeking God's will. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Let's look at verse 21. Matthew 7 and 21. Now we did talk about this as we were doing our Sermon on the Mount as it related to uh, false prophets and false teachers. But this is across the board. Verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Remember we talked about those believers who just come in and they're supposed to be worshipers and they're supposed to hear and receive the word. But what did they do? When they don't do that, it says that they get the same portion as the unbelievers. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. So remember we said, it doesn't matter what you do. You can come in here Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday after Wednesday. You can be a deacon. You can be an usher. You can be a minister. You can be uh, part of the children's church. All of that. Pursuing good works, but not seeking God's will. Doing the right thing at the wrong time is not good. Doing the right thing when God hadn't told you to do it. Sometimes we get caught up in doing those things, those good works, that we forget about God. I know some people think that can't be possible. I'm doing it for the church. It doesn't matter. Because you're more caught up in doing the work 
than you are in doing the will. You know, you can, we are going to be surprised. We're going to be surprised at how many church folk end up in hell. That can't be. It, It can't be. They go to church every Sunday. They've confessed the Lord and they go to church every Sunday. Don't forget about that other part of that scripture. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. The two go together. You can't just confess Christ, join a church, work in the church, and expect to go to heaven. But that is what society, that's what a lot of church people believe. We saw already in the scripture where it says that the believer, the servant of the Lord, the servant of the Lord, because he did not do the will of God after knowing the will, didn't do the will, and now he has received and will receive the same portion as an unbeliever. That was in the Word. You saw it. That's why I said I wanted to show you in the Scripture. We're talking about complacency. And I know you're thinking, you know, complacency, that's a farce. That's a stretch. That's a stretch from, you know, what you're telling me right now. That's, you know, we're just talking about a little complacency. You know, It leads to something. And just hold on because we're going to get to those dangers of complacency. But how did you become complacent? Let's, let's just start there for a minute. How did you become complacent? Functioning in your comfort zone. We've already identified that. When you function in your comfort zone and you refuse to get out, that's how you became complacent. Laziness. Oh my goodness. Laziness. That's how you became complacent. Laziness means idle. What is idleness? No motion or movement. You hear the word. You hear it. But there's no motion and there's no movement to apply it. No motion. You say it's a good word, but there's no motion. There's no movement. To apply it. That's idleness. Sluggishness. That's a part of being lazy. That's sluggishness. That's being slow. Slow to move. Why? Because you're in your comfort zone. So you're slow. You know, you have a desire. You say you have a desire to. You hear it. And it's not that you're not moving, but you're slow to move. Or, slow to move can mean, oh, I'll start Monday. Slow to move. <laughs> now, you're giving your time, now you're giving yourself time to talk your way out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 listen, listen. Get out of debt and save. I'll start after Christmas. 
sluggish. Sluggish. I'm in my comfort zone. Uh Uh-uh, don't stop my spending. That's my comfort zone. Why? Because I don't want to tell somebody that I'm not buying Christmas gifts this year. I don't want to disappoint the family. I don't want to disappoint the children. Well, you already heard this morning that all you're required to do is to feed them. (laughs) To make sure they have somewhere to lay their head at night. You heard it this morning. That's all you're required to do. There's not a rule in the rule book of parenting that say you have to buy Christmas gifts. Sluggish. Slow to move. I'm going to do it, Lord. I'm going to do it. But don't move me out of my comfort zone. Let me just get this done right here. Let me just do this. Because this is what's comfortable. Fear. Fear. That's how you became complacent. Because you're afraid that the next step you need to take is too hard. You have a fear of failing in it. You have a fear of what others might think of you. You have a fear of losing something or someone. Remember going back to those challenges. How you got there. Fear. So some of you, I gave a challenge. The Lord gave a challenge through me about these relationships, right? Don't talk to each other. No form of communication. No social media. No nothing. No nothing. For fear that you might lose them, some of you didn't do it. Especially if that other someone doesn't belong to this church. See, it might have been a little bit easier if the same two of you belong to this church. You're hearing the same words. So, you know, that's kind of, that's a little easier. A little bit easier. But if they don't, if they didn't belong to this church, or they don't belong to this church, they know now because they're not going to understand. They're not going to understand. So, you didn't do it. Or you did it and you stopped. Look, that's only but that's between you and the Lord. I'm just saying. I'm just saying what God has said. Complacency. Complacency. Being led by your flesh. How did you become complacent? Being led by the flesh. That lust of the flesh, not applying discipline to the flesh, being led by the flesh, that's how you become complacent. I know that's another form of, 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 com- of functioning in your comfort zone. It's whatever your body says, it goes. You don't want to tell your body no. I love what Minister Hayson ministered about. And I know people, some people didn't understand it. There's a you and there's a you. So you have this spirit man you. 
that spirit. All one. Don't go off. All one. But you have these things vying. You have your spirit. It is vying against the flesh and the soul sometimes. Because the flesh and the soul, are they're, they're, they're tied closely together. Because whatever the thought, whatever the desire, then your body is going to carry that. The body's just going to carry it out. So you have your you, your spirit, and you have your you, that combo, that 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 soul and that that body. So when you allow that flesh to win, that lust of the flesh, and not applying discipline to it, being that's called being led by the flesh, and that's how you became complacent, pride. This is the last one. Pride. That's how you become complacent. That's self-righteousness, just like I said of the publican in the temple praying. Pride, self-righteousness. That leads to and that has led to the enemy interjecting thoughts of self-approval. That pride. Oh, you're okay? See, that's that thought he's going to interject there because of your pride. He already knows. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. He already knows. Remember, remember the the messages that have been going forth recently on, on Wednesdays about the prowler. It's the enemy. And he already knows you. He knows. He's been watching. He knows how prideful you are. Oh, you're okay. That word that's going forth, that's not really for you. Oh, no. No doubt right now. No doubt right now. That's why the Lord said, listen to the message. Because right now you're saying complacent? Mm -mm, That's not me. Because now the enemy, because he got you there in pride, he already knows. And he's telling you, you're okay. And you've accepted that as your truth. You've accepted that as your truth. I didn't say God's truth. You accepted that as your truth. So what is the danger of complacency? What is the danger of complacency? It hinders your growth. It hinders growth. In your comfort, you, be, you become stagnant. And stagnancy will not allow you to grow. Complacency. The danger. It is the breeding ground for destruction. It is the breeding ground for destruction. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Turn there with me. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Let's look at verse... 10 and 18. 18. 
But much slothfulness, the building decayeth, and through idleness of the hands, the house droppeth through. Slothfulness, it is lazy. Laziness casteth you into a deep sleep. A deep sleep. Remember that message on awaken. It casteth you into a deep sleep. And an idle soul shall suffer hunger, according to Proverbs 19 and 15. We won't go there. But it says an idle soul shall suffer hunger. Danger of complacency. It causes critical errors in your thinking. And those errors in your thinking lead to bad or wrong choices in decision making. Go back to the teachings that were taught on making right decisions. Number four, danger of complacency. You are not ready or prepared to maintain your relationship or working relationship with God. That's a danger of complacency. You are not ready or prepared to maintain your relationship or working relationship with God. Matthew chapter 25, I'm not going to go over there for the sake of time, but that is the parable of the ten virgins. That parable is mainly emphasizing being prepared for the return of Christ, but it also speaks to our day-to-day preparedness and readiness. Just to remind you, those ten virgins, there were five, there were ten, but there were five who were waiting on the return of the Lord. And five of them took oil with them. The other five did not. They took their lamps, but they didn't take their oil. So they ran out. So they were waiting for a while, and they ran out of oil. So when the Lord returned, the five that had the oil, they were able, because they were able to see their way. So they had to go to meet the Lord. They were able because they had oil, and the five did not. So they went to the other five that had the oil, and they said, oh, give us some oil so we can go too. No. They said, no. You should have brought your own. But I guess, guess what? You could go and buy some. So as they were going to go buy some, the Lord came and he left. He's like, Lord, don't leave us. They were not prepared. They were not prepared. So we have to stay in relationship and stay in a working relationship with God so that we won't get left. So at the time of his visitation, when he comes to visit you, as he does on Sunday morning and, and Wednesdays, when he comes to visit you and he's now giving you a word and giving you instructions, he's giving you something to do. He's telling you what to do, what not to do. Now you are prepared to hear, to receive, and to do. But in order to do that, you have to maintain your relationship with God. Your relationship as in your fellowship and your working relationship. Go back and listen to the messages. You have no confidence in God when you haven't maintained your relationship. You have no security in God. Because you haven't maintained your relationship. Danger of complacency. 
you are less focused and not committed to doing the things you need to do to stay on purpose and in God's will. The danger of complacency. You are less focused and not committed to doing the things you need to do to stay on purpose and in God's will. Number six, you develop a false sense of security in your own abilities, your own income, and your own way of doing things. A false sense of security. Turn to Isaiah chapter 32. Isaiah chapter 32, and I don't have long, so I'm not going to wait. Isaiah 32 and 9. And the scripture reads, Rise up, ye men, ye women that are at ease. And this can be anybody. It has a gender here, but this is not gender specific. Rise up, ye women that are at ease. Hear my voice, ye careless daughters. Give ear unto my speech. Many days and years shall ye be troubled, ye careless women, for the vintage shall fall, shall fail, the gathering shall not come. Tremble, ye women that are at ease, be troubled, ye careless ones. Strip you and make you bare, and gird sackcloth upon your loins. They shall lament for the the teeth, the teats, the tits, for the pleasant fields. For the fruitful vine upon the land of my people shall come up thorns and briars, ye upon all the houses of joy in the joyous city, because the palaces shall be forsaken. Where am I? The multitude of the city shall be left. The forts and the towers shall be for, for dens forever. A joy of wild asses, a pasture of flocks, until the spirit be poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness be a fruitful field, and the fruitful field be counted for a forest. Then judgment shall dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness remain in the fruitful field, and the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance assurance forever and my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and in and in sure dwellings and in quiet resting places when it shall when it shall hail coming down on the forest and the city shall be low in a, in a low place blessed are ye that sow beside all waters that send forth thither the feet of the ox and the ass you develop a false sense of security in your own abilities. And we see the destruction of that. Those are the dangers. Now, in the last few minutes that I have, if the Holy Spirit has identified, and listen, this is, this is what I want you to see. Again, all of those challenges that we got, but particularly the one that we got about going back and listening to those messages. Those things were being said for a reason. And out of all that you have heard, what have you done with all of those messages? What have you conformed to? What have you applied? What have you fully complied with? What have you half complied with? What have you started? What have you stopped? 
What have you disregarded? What have you rejected? If the Holy Spirit has identified you as being complacent or has or has identified you as having tendencies of becoming complacent, what should you do? If you've been identified, what should you do? Number one, remember your first love. We love God because He first loved us. And what a great what a great love. We got to go back and remember your first love. Love. First John chapter four. First John chapter four. Look at verse nineteen. Four and start with eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God, whom he hath not seen? Remember your first love. Number two. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're not going to go to that scripture because it's a very familiar passage in Romans chapter 12. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Then it says to go on to, to put, that we must transform our mind with the renewing, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Start with the teaching, the notes that you've taken on having a heart prepared. I'll give you a hint. Go back to March. In March that was taught is having a heart that is prepared. Be sober. Number three. Be sober minded and alert. Because your adversary stay mindful of the mission. He stays mindful of the mission to get you away from God. And his methods is to entice you with your own lust. Be sober minded. We talked about that flesh. We talked about that. Be sober minded. Be mindful that that's how the enemy, pride, be mindful that that's how the enemy is trying to get you off your game. Trying to keep you. He knows if you apply every, if you apply every word that you have heard, you have done every challenge and you have succeeded in that challenge. And you, if he knows that if he can just get you to do those things, just to follow the word that you hear on Sundays and Wednesdays. He's trying to get you off your game. Number four, seek the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter six. Seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I'm just going to stop right there. We know the rest. We like to to say the rest. Other things will be added. But you got to seek the first the kingdom. We're talking about getting out of complacency. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. You might have a relationship, but how close are you? That's the question. You might have a relationship with God, but how close are you? You might have a relationship with your parents. Because the relationship is there. But how close are you? You got to talk. 
You got to have some communication. You got to have some interaction to maintain that relationship. That's how close are you. Draw nearer to God and he will draw nearer to you. Number five, James chapter four, verse eight. Draw nearer to God and he will draw nearer to you. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. You'll find that in that scripture. James chapter 4. Number 6. Internalize and become one with the godly knowledge that you have received and taken on over this past year. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 18. It talks about imprinting the words on your heart and your mind. And let them be a symbol on your forehead. Now we know we don't put the word on our foreheads. But, but what it's saying is, is that when I see you, I should see that you are applying that word. That's putting it on your forehead. When I see you, I should see that word working in you. I should see you work in the word and I should see that word working in you. That's how you come out of complacency. That's how you come out of complacency. Internalize and become one with that godly knowledge. What you become one with, that knowledge that you have become, we've said it before, what you have become one with, that knowledge that you have received, that is what you will live out of. Number seven. From 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And again, I apologize. We won't, we're not being able to go to these scriptures. But 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I've already told you. Because I'm about to give you something in just a second. Ask God. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Ask God to show you how you can increase your giving. As a reminder, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. This is about the churches of Macedonia, remember? And how in their great affliction, they still gave. I would say that they were not in their comfort zone. But guess what they did? They gave. Ask God to increase your giving to show, to show you additional needs that you can help meet. That will help get you out of your comfort zone. That will help keep you out of complacency. And I leave you with this scripture. This one we're going to turn to. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. In the last few seconds that I have. 2 Corinthians 13, let's look at verse 5. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus is in you, except ye be reprobates. Examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. Test yourself to see if you are in the faith. As believers, we can't assume that we're always in the right. You must continuously examine your own heart to make sure that you're operating from a place of faith and love and godliness rather than fear, selfishness, and self-righteousness. If God has... identified you as being complacent if he has identified you as having tendencies to become complacent 
We've told you what to do. Remember your first love. Transform your mind by the renewing of it with the word. Be sober and alert. Seek the kingdom of God. Draw nearer to God and he will draw nearer to you. Internalize and become one with that godly knowledge. And to ask God how you can increase your giving to show you additional needs that you can help meet. You have two weeks remaining. Two weeks remaining in 2021. There's two weeks left in 2021. And you may be behind. But God will honor your change in heart today. And he will honor your rededication and your recommitment today. But you must put the work in. Remember at the beginning I told you that you had until the end of this message to decide. And I know that God has been speaking to you. Even as I've been ministering and, t- and talking, God has been ministering to you. There was a conviction. You know that heaviness? That heaviness that you were, you've been feeling since this teaching? <laughs> That's God. That is God identifying you. That's Him identifying you. And like I said, although you might be behind, he will honor today your change in heart. You say, I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to carry complacency into 2022. Because I know that God, we are coming back together. Our pastor's already mentioned that there's some things that will, that's going to go forth. She's already said that there's going to be some changes that are going to be made. There are going to be some things that I'm going to be able to participate in. And I want to be where I need to be. Yes, I was complacent in 2021. But I do not want to be complacent. I want to get it right, right now. Because I do not want to carry that into 2022. I no longer want to, 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 to uh, uh, work and to do uh, uh, based on what I think I should be doing. But I want to do the will of my God. I'm returning to my first love. I remember what he has done for me. And I just want to be a vessel that he can use. I want to be a part of his work. First I want to please him with my life. And then I want to be a part of his work. If that is you today. If that is you. I'm going to pray for you right now. But remember you got to put the work in. You got to put the work in. I'm going to pray for you, but you have to put the work in. God will honor your heart. He will honor your change of heart today, and he will honor you turning, making, not being sluggish, but today. Remember what I said about sluggish. Oh, I'll start Monday. No, 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 no. He said right now. I want you to start right now. Don't settle for complacency. Because it will not benefit, it has not benefited you, and it will not benefit you in 2022. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.